Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from the Greater Hartford Church of Christ and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. Hey, Ben, good morning. We finally got the video right. Amen. I want us to open up our Bibles to the book of John. We are going to, and again, I appreciate all the families with their children. Uh, I want to remind the church, and if you're visiting today, uh, kind of the way we do church uh, over the past, I don't know how many many decades, it literally has been decades but not centuries, but as we met, people have met in auditoriums and and church buildings, uh, in the past, it was families that met. During the periods of the Bible that we're reading, it was families that met in their homes, and uh, at times they had, they had gatherings, but the entire family was there. There was no children's ministry. Uh, there were no programs. It was everybody was there hearing the word of God. Now, I'm sure they didn't have an audio track on their uh, iPads playing in the background as they sang hymns and songs. But I do want us to uh, and, and just, we're fine. And if your parents and if your kids are acting up, it's all right. We're good. We're family. Amen. We are family. Uh, The title of our lesson today is A New Dawn. We celebrate Easter, and for those of us that believe in Jesus, for those of us that call ourselves Christians, this is our Independence Day. This is our Independence Day. It is our 4th of July. It is the thing that makes all the other things things, right? Again, Christmas is incredible, but if Jesus does not complete the mission, if God doesn't exercise his power on that third day, we aren't here today. That means that everything he said was absolutely useless, and it was a bunch of platitudes and a bunch of things that really didn't matter. And so today we celebrate a new dawn. And here's the thing about it. Some of us who've gone to church for years and years, we're so used to getting dressed up. Uh, I appreciate, love seeing Miss Juanita. Miss Juanita, she got her mask. It matches her whole outfit, lavender. I, I appreciate the game. I love it. Seeing all the little kids dressed up, seeing their dresses, got their hair laid out, all that. Love seeing that. As a child, I hated that. Uh, I, I, and your kids hate it too. <laughs> but it's... And we dress in bright colors. I broke out this tie that I bought like 20 years ago. Broke it out. I was like, let's break on out the, the, the uh, lavender and the pink and all that stuff. It's springtime, new life, because Jesus brought about new life. It's a new dawn. This prayerfully will be encouraging and hopefully that it will encourage your spirit. This weekend, we celebrate uh, the Passover, and today we celebrate the resurrection. The Passover in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus had, or I'm sorry, uh, God had sent Moses uh, to Egypt to set his people free. He sent them on in, uh, and part of their their exit was the Passover, and they they, they put blood on their doorposts so that the angel of death would pass on over. They they gave all these instructions about uh, what they were to eat and how they were to eat it, and then they were to leave as God had instructed them. And 
you know, that was kind of like, I look at the Passover as we celebrate that, and the, uh, Jesus celebrated the Passover before he went to the cross, but that was kind of like the, L, that was like the, uh, the, what is it, the PSAT. The Passover was like the PSAT, and it was kind of, it wasn't the, the real SAT, which is Jesus on the cross, but it was like a precursor, and it was part of God's plan, preparing all of us for his great uh, rescue. And Jesus, he came on the scene and he started his ministry. He said several things, and we're going to look at his I am statements in the book of John. Turn with me to John chapter 6. Jesus came on the scene, and as he, uh, people were asking him, well, well, who are you? He says, I am. And that, for the, his audience, it, it, it harkened back to uh, Exodus chapter 3, when uh, Moses, he was going to the, he was, when he was getting instructions from God, he was like, well, if they ask me, who sent me? What am I supposed to say? He said, tell them I am sent you. And Jesus, uh, in the book of John, he says, uh, before, in chapter 8, he says, look, before Abraham, I am. And let's just say it caused a bit of a problem. But Jesus says, I am. Let's look in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 48. We're going to move quickly. John chapter 6, verse 48, is Jesus uh, has fed uh, 5,000 people plus, they began to follow him, and they, they, he knew they were only coming for bread. And he tells them, he says in verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. And he's hearkening back to the Israelites as they complained about food, and God brought them manna. He says, no, I am the bread of life. You, are, you want this food that's going to pass, it, it's going to, uh, pass through your body. It's going to be of no use to you. But I am the bread of life. I am the one that sustains you, truly sustains you. Chapter 8, John chapter 8 and verse 12. Jesus speaks to the people. He says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And there, as Jesus, he says, I am the light of the world. I will bring light to your world. I will not just expose the darkness, but I will illuminate things. I will guide you in this very dark world. In chapter 10, chapter 10 and verse 9. Jesus again speaking to the people, he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the opening that gets you into safe pasture, a place where you will have safety, security, a safe space in our modern vernacular. Verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And later in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me and my sheep know me. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And again, for his audience, they would remember back to Psalm 23, talking about, you know, God is our shepherd and how he shepherds us. And so he's bringing back all of these uh, all, all of these things that would, for his audience, they would harken back to what they had been taught growing up. In chapter, in chapter 11, verse 25, the story of Lazarus. In verse 25, 
as Martha came and they were distraught about the death of their brother, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And Jesus says, no, in me is the resurrection. There is life in me. He says, this life, even if you die in this life, I will give you life everlasting. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, verse 6. Where his apostles were concerned. And Thomas says, we don't know where you're going, Lord. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I am the way that you are to live. And that way was love. He says, I am the truth. I am the truth of God's love for us, God's love for you, and I am the life. I am the way you are supposed to live. In me is life to the full, laying down your life, showing life for others. He says, I am, I'm all all of it, and you can't get to God except through me. Chapter 15. Chapter 15 and verses 1 and 5. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. And then down in verse 5 again, he repeats, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And there he likens himself. He says, I am the true vine. In me, you, that's where you get sustenance. I give life to all. I give life to all that, that's, that's in me, that's connected to me. And so Jesus shares all these I am statements, and he's encouraging the disciples, he's teaching and, and, and reteaching over and over again. Then he gets arrested, accused falsely, he's beaten, and he's killed on the cross. And there he states, as one of his last statements, it is finished. And it's the same Greek word that, that is used uh, when a debt is paid or, or when a, 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 an artist had finished uh, his work. He said, it is finished, it's done, it's completed. This redeeming act is done as my blood is spilled for you. But he died. And so... If it just stops there and we, we stop at all these I am's and we're like, well, okay, you know, you're the bread, but you're dead. Uh, you're the light, but your light's gone out. And we can go on and on. You're the gate, looks like the gate's closed. We can go on and on and on. And if it stopped when he died then there's no reason for us to be here today. There's no reason for Brittany to get baptized yesterday. There's no hope. It's done. He's just another teacher. It's like, uh, you know, (laughs) it's just another, Jesus becomes just another TikTok advice video. That's it. But he rose again. And as as my wife shared, as she read the account of the resurrection, he rose again. And so what does that mean? 
What does it mean now that he's rose? He says that that I am, it didn't stop when he died. Now that he rose, that I am becomes you are. That I am becomes you are. Let's look. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. If I'm moving quickly, it's for the kids. We lo- <laughs> Here at the heart, we love the kids. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Preach it, David. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 10. He says, the Bible reads, But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Romans 8, 10. Now, he is in us, and now we... As he was the bread of life, now we can be an extension of him. We can help other people find that sustenance that's in Christ. Because he's in us, we are now. We become a part of that bread, that sustaining bread. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God said, let light shine out of darkness. God who said, let his light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge, the glory of of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I think we sang that as the very first song today. That this light that God has shown now that Jesus rose, this light is really light and it guides us. And that light is in us and now we can be a light to the world. We can be a light to the world. And the only way, again, Brittany, Brittany's really embarrassing. She don't like to stand up. But how, how how did she get to the place where she was ready to make Jesus Lord? Because she saw the light in someone else that brought her. And how do we all get here? Because of the light shown us in other people. That's how we got here. And now we are the light to the world. We are the light that guides the way to the cross. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. In verse 15. Paul writes, but God, but when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to, re- to uh, reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any other man. Then he goes on and talks a little bit about uh, his history. You know, Jesus, he says, I am the gate. And now each one of us, we lead other people to that gate. You are supposed to be a gate to help other people to get to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to help people get to that sustenance. We're supposed to be the light for other people. We are supposed to lead people to the gate. We can get them up, opens it on up to safe pasture. The world is looking for safe spaces. People are struggling. 
they are struggling. Every person you meet is struggling. Your coworkers, your neighbors, your family members, people are struggling to find safe pasture. People have monetized it, and safe places are a billion-dollar business. But the only true safe place is in Christ. And God has called us the way Paul said, he made me a light to the Gentiles. God called each one of us in our sphere to reach out to those around us. The amazing part about this, as we're going to turn to Galatians 2.20 next, the amazing part about this is if you're visiting, and if you don't know anything about the Bible, you don't know anything about God, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, is that God in you, if God is in you and you allow him to be in you, man, God can use your life in a very, very specific way. God can use your life because there are people that you can lead to that gate that no one else can. I'm not going to be able to be helpful to a 13-year-old. I'm not even helpful to the 12-year-old in my house. But if you're in junior high or high school, you can reach out in a very specific way because people see the way you live and they're like, whoa, if they're doing it, I can do it too. They see your love. They see the way that, that you are conducting yourselves. In high school and college, they see the way you're conducting yourselves at work. And you can have an impact. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Verse 20, chapter 2. The Bible reads, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd because I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, we are to be good shepherds and lay down our lives for a lost world. You know, just the way other people showed us light, we are not here unless people laid down their lives for us. People have persevered with us. People have loved us and prayed for us and fasted for us. We are not here for those of us that are disciples. We're not here unless someone else laid down their lives. Uh, Susan and Aaron, which I've shared about before, uh, the, the Aaron is the first person I came to church with, and I invited them over to my house and uh, just to, to hang out. And I said, hey, I'd like to, you, you know, just try my, my little bit of 19-year-old hospitality. Uh, hey, I got some pie. Would you guys like some pie? Most people, when you invite them into your house for the first time, especially in college, oh, would you like some pie or whatever? They're like, nah, I'm good. I, I know that's me anyway. I go to some strange person's house uh, that I don't know. I'm probably like, no, nah, I'm good, unless it's oxtails. But anyway, but at 19 years old, you know what? They were like, yes. And they ate everything. <laughs> and then... They sat and listened to my music. They sat and listened to my music, and I'm sure they weren't interested, but they sat and listened to my music, asked questions, and literally became friends. They befriended me. And that opened up a door. They didn't preach, they didn't share about Jesus, nothing. They just befriended me. And so when God had opened my heart and I was ready to go to church, I knew who I wanted to go with. I wanted to go with my friends because they laid down their life for me. We are called to lay down our lives for others the way that Jesus did. Jesus was the good shepherd. Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Romans 6, verse 8. 
I'm even getting a, I'm getting an amen from Theo or somebody, one of the kids back there. Romans chapter 6, verse 8. The Bible reads, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The way that he lived was in love, and he literally died because of his love for us. And God is calling us, each one of us, he says here, you know, if, if, he, if he died and was raised again, that will, that's our fate. We've already won a battle. We'll have, sin has no more mastery over us. God has given us that. And I know, uh, and I appreciate what, what Will's sharing about giving and laying down, or, you know, giving uh, financially. But the realities are, here, here's the deal. When you feel like, man, I am blessed beyond all things, like I'm blessed, it's easy to give to other people. It's easy to love other people. In John 13, Jesus says he knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. And so then he showed them the full extent of his love. Because he was so secure in his relationship with God and what he was doing, he was able to get on down, humble himself, and wash feet of men who would hours later would leave him. And I think for us, if we really understand the victory that we have, it's easy to love people. It's easy to forgive people. Because no matter what anybody does, no matter how they treat us, no matter what they say about us, I'm loved. I'm good. You can take everything away from me, but you cannot take away my relationship with God. You cannot take away my ability to praise God. And ultimately, even if you're able to take my life, you've borne me into an eternal relationship, the one I've been longing for. You've got me home. Even if you take my life, I'm home. I made it. And so for us, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. For here, here it tells us in Romans that we're going to have the same experience. And so why not love the way he loved? Forgive the way that he forgave. We need to show the way. We need to ex expose the world to the truth of love. We need to be the examples of the life to live. Lastly, Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 as we close. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Verse 27 of chapter 1, Colossians. He says, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Now there's a whole theological discussion about uh, this mystery and about Gentiles who were non-Jews and as Paul's writing this church of uh, mixed Jew and Gentile, he's explaining that God's ultimate, uh, his ultimate plan was to dwell with us, for his spirit to be in us. And so, and we, through his resurrection, we are now the hope of his glory to the world. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now, you know what you are? If you are connected to that vine, 
Now you are the hope of glory to the world. Jesus says that through you, other people, through you, other people can be the fruit on that vine. God's resurrection, that I am, now becomes you are. You are the sustenance to help other people know Jesus. You are the light. You are the gate, the good shepherds who lay down your lives. You are the resurrection and the life in your life. We reveal God's glory, his plan. Through our marriages, through our parenting, all of it, God's glory is revealed. His great I am becomes you are. The question is, what are you? The question is, after everything that God has done for us, after all the grace and all the mercy he's shown us, are we still in that place where he died or do, are we freed up? And now that because he is, we are now. We can go and be what Jesus was to the world. If you are visiting, if you are studying the Bible, man, God is giving you the ability to help other people find that sustenance. He's giving you the ability to be that light for the world. God, all these things that we read about, that Jesus says, I am, God is calling you to be. We are. God has given us this glory. Amen? We're going to sing one last song, and we're going to be dismissed. Have a fantastic Resurrection Day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Heart Podcast. To learn more about the Hartford Church of Christ, visit us online at hartfordchurch.org.